0: Welcome to Untangle, the podcast from Meditation Studio. I'm your host, Patricia Carpus. In this series, we introduce you to real people with extraordinary stories and experts who have devoted their lives to teaching and helping others through meditation. In today's episode, I interview Vicki Saunders. Vicki is a successful entrepreneur who now leads CEO a global collaboration of female entrepreneurs who are creating a completely new model to help grow the number of women-led ventures. She shares why meditation has been such a big part of her life, her work, and how it helps her with both focus and productivity. Before we begin, if you have suggestions for guests or stories, email me at patricia at meditationstudioapp.com. Now, here's Vicki's story. Vicki, it's so great to have you on the show today. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, I'm so excited. I've known Vicki for a long time. And for those of you that don't know Vicki Saunders, she is the founder of SHEEO. And I'll let her talk to you about that a little bit later. But I want to start with understanding your meditation practice and how that all began for you because i know you know you are such an amazing entrepreneur and i know that meditation has been such a big part of your life so tell us a little bit about how you got started
1: so uh in 2001 or 2002 i was coming up uh coming back to canada after taking almost a year off and my husband are on the plane and i said you know i think i, I need to start meditating so i'm just going to put it out there that some kind of event or something happens this year to get me started and of course, as things happen, a few weeks later, I got this email from a friend saying, why don't you come to a 10-day silent meditation retreat? And Wait, I was that's like, your first? That was my first. <laughs> and I thought, and I, I started laughing because I thought, oh my God, really? You couldn't send me like a two-day or a three-day? You had to send me like a 10-day silent? And I'd never meditated before, but I, I just knew that I had to say mm-hmm. yes because I'd put it out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so I went to a Vipassana 10-day meditation retreat. That was wow. the first time I started, it, like, I don't know. 14 years ago or something.
0: And what happened? You got there and you had no idea. What Did you I, have no. any
1: expectation at no, all? No, I just showed up. Uh, and then we got there and they're like, hand over your cell phone, uh, no reading, no books, no eye contact, men and women separate. I went with my husband too. <laughs> um, and like, that was it. And I thought, oh my God, what? Like no writing, no speaking, nothing. Okay. So that was a little scary. I was pretty nervous. Uh, and then we started and I was like, Oh my God. Physically, it was so hard because I'd never really sat before. Now, did you have to sit on a cushion? Yes. So there are all kinds of different cushions and props and stuff that you could use to get yourself comfortable, which like didn't matter what it was. I wasn't going to be comfortable sitting for 15 hours a day, which is what it was. You had to sit for 15 15 hours hours a day. Yeah, it's Vipassana. It's just like all the way through. And then there's guru talks at night. No walking meditation. No walking meditation. All sitting. And then a break. Like two hours and then a break. And then an hour and a break. Did you cry on the first day? I mean, that's... (laughs) Horrible. <laughs> I didn't cry. I was just physically in such pain. Uh, right. And um, and then you know, just focus on the breath, like whatever you feel between the base of your nose and the top of your lip for three days. <laughs> <laughs> for the first so, three days. First three days. That was the yeah. instruction. That was the instruction. Wow. So it was it was a fascinating experience. And of course, day four is the day where they say, you know, you everybody practice, wants to and... run for the hills and like, I'm leaving, I can't handle it. Uh, but I got through it and it totally changed my life. was so it, it, just about amazing. That. Yeah. Well, I, again, something. I'm a personality where I'm sort of like into something or I'm not into something like I'm kind of all on or all off. And so it was perfect for me to do a 10 day. Cause if I had started just doing like an hour of meditation here or there, I don't think I would have really noticed the impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas doing 10 days silent, I literally, before I went, I remember dropping something on the floor in my kitchen and going, Oh no, you know, like totally reacting to dropping something. Yeah. And I didn't say, oh, no, I said something harsher. <laughs> um, and uh, afterwards, I remember dropping something and observing it and going, oh, look, I dropped something. Yeah. And then I witnessed myself in the moment and went, oh, my God, like I am just not reacting anymore. Like having gone through that intense experience. Yeah. That was one thing. And then the other thing that was just unbelievable. They talked about the founder of uh, the Vipassana movement, who simultaneously was the minister of three different ministries uh, in government. So he's literally doing like three full-time jobs plus teaching meditation. And everyone said, you know, how do you do that? Uh, And he said, well, I'm so completely centered on who I am and where I'm going that as things come at me, I just know in an instant what to do. And so there was no, you know, questioning yourself. Am I doing the right thing? Is this not the right thing? All the voices in your head, it was just pure action when something came with a detachment from it. And I thought, oh, my God, is this a secret to productivity? Like, I want to be able to do that. I want to be an entrepreneur with huge impact. So this is the thing for me. And so uh, I really do believe that that's what meditation helps you do. I feel like it's like the secret weapon for productivity. Yeah.
0: And so what happens that, you know, you're talking about not reacting as quickly. So do you think all that mental chatter in your head is just
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's just, you know, much more grounded and centered on what is it that I want to achieve so you're uh, focused on the big, right. you can
0: stay focused on the bigger picture. There's this um, term called meta awareness in yeah. Buddhism, where you're you can see things from above, right? And so you is that I feel something like I that feel like I'm in that, in that all zone. the time.
1: Like I'm whenever I'm having even as I'm having a conversation with you, I can observe myself and like how I'm feeling in my body yeah. while I'm having the conversation.
0: So what happened during that ten days that you think? Kicked this in for you?
1: Well, I think, you know, one of the things that I've witnessed about myself over the years is, um, you know, when I get an insight into something that's possible that I didn't know was possible before, I kind of flip in an instant into that mindset. So, for example, uh, I remember I was I had a thinking partnership with this woman for a number of years. And she was this phenomenal coach. Tell us what a thinking partnership uh, is. It's kind of It's kind of like a coach, but we were both just, we'd, we'd get on the phone together. What are you learning this week? Mm-hmm. And we just share. Uh, so um, we would get on this call and, and she's, she had been on a phone call for seven hours in a row doing coaching. And I said, oh my God, do you want to talk another time? She goes, no, 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 just give me a moment to empty. Mm. And I said, what? You can do that? that <laughs> what do you mean? And she said, yeah, I'm just going to take a moment. I'm going to empty out the previous conversation so I can be fully present here. And I thought, oh my God, until that point, I had been layering my day on top of itself. Mm-hmm. One meeting, the next, the next, and by the end of the day, I was exhausted. Yeah. Because I didn't let go of each meeting. Right. And when I realized you could empty yourself out after, I was like, wow. And I did it going forward. Like, as soon as I knew it was possible, I just practiced it. So what is the practice that helps you to empty your I just, previous... like, literally, it's kind of destroy the meeting you just had. Creation, because I'm a total creator. I'm creating all the time. And you have to have the balance of destroying as well. Mm-hmm. So I just go, okay, that meeting's done. I've got my action items, whatever, let it go. Don't need to think about it again. Yeah. Moving on. And so that for that's an example of when I know something's possible, I just flip right into that. Like I just didn't know it was possible before to empty. So I thought you had to hold all this stuff. And oh, you can let it go. That's so right. And so meditation was the same thing. As soon as I went through that experience of realizing I didn't have to be reacting to everything, I didn't have to get into drama about it. I didn't have to like talk to 20 people after the meeting about how crazy the meeting was. Mm -hmm. Just that was the meeting next. Yeah. Um, I just feel like I'm so much more productive because of it. And meditation kind of kickstarted that. And also the promise of, wow, I could do the job of like 10 people at once and be super productive and be happy at the same time, not be stressed.
0: Cool. Yeah. So it's partly meditation, which grounds and gives you clarity, but it's also this ability to focus so deeply and let go of Anything that doesn't matter. Anything that doesn't matter at the moment. Yeah. Which is such an
1: amazing trait. I mean, especially, you know, uh, wanting to have an impact in the world. Like ever since I've been a little kid, I wanted to have a big impact. I just didn't know what it was. Yeah. It takes time, obviously. This has been quite the journey getting here. But uh, with all, I've done so much different personal work and tried all kinds of different modalities to. Um, help me to be a better person, to be more generous, to have a bigger impact. I'll try anything, mm-hmm. like anything. Give me a new tool yeah. and I'll try it and see if mm-hmm, it's for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I'll just synthesize that into, you know, my view of the world. Right. So. Yeah. One of my colleagues talks about meditation
0: as sort of the gateway into these other contemplative mm-hmm. practices. Nice. Do you think that was true for you, that meditation was the start or you've always been sort of a seeker and someone that likes to learn and innovate
1: Yeah, I think I've always been uh, tapped into wisdom Mm -hmm.
0: and noticed wisdom when I saw it around
1: me. And so uh, I've always uh, sat at the table with my mom and her women friends who've known each other for 70 years and listened to how they talk about the world and what they've learned. And they're just so practical. My mom calls it common sense, but it's deep, deep seated wisdom. Uh, And I'm fascinated by that. I think it's so interesting that in our culture, so many
0: people try to control and sort of steer (laughs) things in a certain direction. And what you're saying sometimes is that wisdom comes when it's ready to come or that you have to be silent or that you sometimes have to wait for it or put yourself in a situation where it's possible.
1: Yeah. Well, I think you have to be in the right place at the right time and listening and be open. And yeah, I think I remember being sort of confused when I started meditating about the uh, being detached and not reacting but also giving people feedback when things aren't going well and not just accepting everything the way it comes And right. like right. how do you deal with that i remember asking my husband is really into this stuff too and we'd have conversations about it all the time i'm like okay like i'm really mad at this person can i say something or am i supposed to be detached <laughs> right right like what do i do here and is the madness about me and you know that 90 percent of what you see in someone else is really about you Although my Zen teachers like, no, it's a hundred percent, you know, we say 90% to make you feel kind of like, oh, okay, wow. maybe it's not about you. Yeah. Everything's projection. Right. Yeah.
0: So what's the answer to that question? Because I think a lot of us do get into conflict with people and we're thinking, okay, I'm supposed to respond and not react. I'm supposed to pause, but I'm really, really mad at this person. Yeah. You know, so what
1: is that? Well, I mean, I just what had a thing that happen answer? the other day, right? Where something happened unexpectedly. And I thought, Okay. Well, I, I, and I totally believe that, you know, the right thing always kind of happens, right? I knew there was a gift in the moment, but I was still pissed off. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I said, you know, I need to just think about this. And so then I, you know, sat on it for a couple of days and then I wrote back and I said, you know what, like you really sent me confusing signals. I, um, this came completely out of the blue. If you need to go do what you need to go do, that's mm-hmm. fine. Uh, but I just need to tell you that this is just super weird for me. Like it came up at a really weird time. And so, so that's how I talked about it. Like, I also know it's the right thing, but I also need to express how mm-hmm. I'm feeling. Otherwise that stuff sits in me somewhere yeah. in my body right. and, and doesn't help me.
0: One of the things that Dan Harris, who wrote the book 10% Happier talks about is you can take time, people say they have no time to meditate. So what happens when you're, you know, people say, I feel like I'm going to be lazy or I feel like I'm going to be really laid back if I'm a meditating person. <laughs>
1: Yeah. I think it's actually quite the opposite. Yeah, you know, yeah. this, this is actually an enabler to help you be like a thousand times more efficient. Yeah. So how do you get into that flow? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. I think everyone has their own path. <laughs> yes. Right. And so, uh, I'm in and out of, uh, flow. I think one of the things we're learning is there isn't actually multitasking. Mm-hmm. There's like, you know, you do something and then you do something else. And then you do something else. Uh, you can't do three things at once. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. Uh, And so for me, flow is just going deeply into what you need to get done. And I mean, I uh, focus, which is it's it's, it is focus. Uh, And for me, it's just like I just get the creative force. Right. I just am like, yeah, off I go. Um, and I feel it's almost like tapping into the matrix. It's crazy, but that's kind of how I feel. It's like, you take the blue pill and see you later, <laughs> you know, here I go. Um, and I, and I know that many people talk about it quite differently, but it, I mean, everyone's been in flow at one time mm-hmm. or another where you go, Oh my God, two hours just passed. Really? It felt like five minutes, right, right? right? Like that's flow. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. I know people aspire to be
0: in that moment because your productivity is really
1: highest. Yeah. Well, I think the other thing too, is, uh, forgive yourself when you're not. Yeah. Right. Like, of course, we have crazy days. There's some days where I'm like, I have 700 things to get done and I'm just going to have to go to a movie because it's not going to (laughs) happen. Right. It's just not going to happen. That's such good advice. And not get all guilty and freaked out about it. It's like, Oh, no, I have so many things to do. Just let it go. Yeah. Because I know I can get a blog post written in six minutes between meetings when I'm in the zone. Or I could spend two and a half hours thinking I have to get it done right now and sit there and force myself and it's not fun. Yeah, no, no, no. So the thing I've learned to just like let that stuff go when it's not ready. Yeah,
0: Well, and there's so much research now that says focusing on one thing, you can be so much more productive than multitasking, that multitasking is actually not very good for our brains. Yeah. So, all right. So let's talk about the work that you're doing Mm -hmm. now because you, from a very young age, you said you always knew you wanted to have an impact. And you started off, like, you've had several different companies, been super successful as an entrepreneur. Where does that wanting to have an impact come from for you? Um, And how are you, you know, sort of manifesting that?
1: Yeah, well, I... I, um... I'm looking out the window right now. And when I look at the window, I mean, I really feel like almost everything's broken in our world, but to me, that's an opportunity. So mm-hmm. I have this line, everything's broken. What a great time to be alive. <laughs> right. Right. Um, you know, if you're a creator or a maker or an entrepreneur, it is nirvana right now. Like it is really such a cool time. Almost everything has to get redesigned. I also think in particular for women, the numbers are pretty painful. Uh, women don't get funded, uh, as entrepreneurs, you know, 4% of venture capital goes to women. Uh, our numbers in senior leadership in major companies is Still really very low. low. Yeah. Like it just kind of look everywhere, right? Basically, 50% of the population is under-supported, underfinanced, and under celebrated,
0: period. So that's the broken part. That's the totally broken part. One of the broken. Part.
1: Parts. Yeah. And so like that's mm. part of it, right? And uh at the same time, we have everything that we need to change that. Yeah. And I I think we're at this really fascinating moment where we're We are redesigning the world like we know that this doesn't work and we have to come up with new models. And how do we think differently about this? Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that women look at things very holistically and have a different perspective. And so I think a world designed by women and men together would be much better than this one. And so uh, I've created a company called CEO, and the goal is to bring women together to finance and support other women who have business ideas that are about creating a better world. So the model is 1,000 women come together per region, per community. Uh, they contribute $1,000 each. We create a million-dollar pool of capital in each community, and then we pick 10 local businesses that uh, are led by women that we think can have a big impact. Mm-hmm. And then we put our networks and our we become their early customers and their advisors, and we help them to grow their businesses. And we do that every year. And the goal in the next five years is to get to a million women around the world supporting 10,000 entrepreneurs a year. For me, this is uh, encouraging women with big ideas who are having a hard time getting supported in finance to step forward, to be surrounded by radically generous women, to have that big impact with their businesses. And I believe that this will start the ball rolling towards redesigning the world with a more balanced male and feminine lens instead of just this, everyone has to be a unicorn, create these gigantic businesses that Mm -hmm. have basically aren't really employing that many people aren't really that sustainable and they're really just about getting, you know, the rich getting richer mm-hmm. and creating a bigger divide. And what do you think
0: is the secret sauce of this? Do you think it's, um, cause we've talked about this before and a lot of the investors or activators are people who have a lot of experience and wisdom in the world. And then there are a lot of young entrepreneurs that are trying to start businesses. Do you think that it's the connecting of these two groups, what what is it that will have the biggest
1: impact? For yeah, well, we, so we call this an act of radical generosity, mm-hmm. and we encourage everyone in the network to be radically generous with each other, mm-hmm. but also radically generous with themselves. I mean, we're in a world that's super stressed out, totally exhausted, right. uh, and the idea here is really, uh, you know, if we weren't thinking we had to work 24-7 to be successful and we redefined success yeah. a little bit, and we redefined what it looks like to ha- for a business to be successful, um, we may come up with other models that create stronger, uh, more cohesive communities. So that's that's the thinking behind it. But this radical generosity to me is a value set, and so it calls people forward who are intrigued and resonate with radical generosity. And for those who don't, who are like, "I made it here, you should make it too," just go, you know, right, suck right, it right. up. They're not really the kind of people that come forward. What is radical generosity? I mean, how would you define that? Uh, There's this balance between radical and generous. Mm -hmm. um, That uh, and there, you know, it's this sort of we live in this crazy polarized world right now, where um, you know we're interdependent, but we also want to be separate. And so, uh, radical generosity for me like stretches the heart uh, and our uh, you know that extension of the impact that you want to have. I don't know I don't know what it is yeah, no, it's I, think like it's a, I
0: think it's a great term because I think it invites you to think of what it is that you have to give. So if I'm thinking how can I be radically generous it might be different than how someone else is radically generous. It might be that I'm giving money but it might be that I'm giving of my, you know, skills or some advice or you know there's a, so many different ways to be radically generous um, both to others and to yourself. So I feel like, you know, there probably are a number of different
1: Yeah, well, and I think everyone has something to give, right? And everybody does have something to give. In our first round of radical generosity in Canada, uh, the age range of people who came forward and contributed $1,000 was age 12, like unbelievable, uh, up to age 90, Mm -hmm. right? So we have grandmothers, mothers, and daughters all in the same network, witnessing each other's dreams, supporting each other on the way to where we want to go to create a better world, all sort of connected. Uh, and again, it's not an age that we, we're super agnostic about whatever age you are, whatever stage you're at. Uh, I also think there's wisdom in, in experience. Mm-hmm. There's not just wisdom in experience, right? Like, uh, I think we often are come into this planet with deep wisdom, and then we forget it all and have to learn it all again right. later, right, once we've gotten through stuff. So, but again, it's emerging. I'm noticing in myself. Even I answer emails differently than I used to. Like mm-hmm. when I come to this, okay, what's the radically generous response to this email? Mm. So I think about it all the time. I'm, I feel like it's it's working on me to make me more radically generous by just saying it and being part of this network. Yeah.
0: And I hate to, you know, bring up such an old term, but you remember that book, Nice Girls Don't Get the Corner Office? Mm. I mean, yeah. it's sort of a ridiculous <laughs> title if you think about that now, because so much of what we have to give is our kindness and our wisdom and those are quote unquote nice things you know and i think those are gifts that women have to bring to the businesses that they're
1: yeah well and creating. i think you know we're we're exiting this like 5000 year long you know um male view of the world yeah, yeah. right so i think we're 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 yearning for more balance in that way and so yeah i mean it's just business, that quote, right? Where it's like, that's some, <laughs> you know, It's not just business, right? right? Where it's, you can say, oh, right. you can just be crappy to each other because it's just business. You know, like, what?
0: It yeah, doesn't make any sense. How, what is it? Like 60% of our lives are spent in our business right.
1: world. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I think there's there's just a lot of reframing that needs to be done at yeah. this moment. And and I feel people, people are ready for it. Right? Yeah.
0: Let's talk about balance for a second. Um, because a lot of, you know, of what you give to the companies that you choose as a part of this program, what you're hoping to impart on them is a holistic approach to creating these businesses and you offer them coaching. Will mm-hmm. you talk a little bit about the type of coaching that you offer and also do you encourage them to meditate or to have a mindfulness practice or something that might help them when the going gets really tough in their businesses?
1: Yeah. So I'll start with the latter point of that. So every month I check in with the businesses for 15 minutes myself, and they have a whole coaching program, which I'll mention. Um, but for example, last month, three of the women I spoke with, uh, were like having a hard time sleeping. They're all, it's, it's a crazy time of year. It's the end of August, September's coming up. You know, launches are happening. New a lot new of anxiety. campaigns, like a lot of stuff going on, yeah. and our lives are really full. Like there's more going on than just our businesses too, and so we all had conversations. You know, how are you doing that? And and what kind of tools do you have? And what do you do right before you go to bed? And oh, you've got your phone right beside your head and your computer beside you in bed too. You know, just <laughs> before you fall asleep. Right, right. Huh? Interesting. <laughs> you know, maybe there's something you can do about that. Uh, or listening to quiet music before you bed. You know what do you do when you don't sleep? Oh, I was watching debates. I'm like, what? <laughs> Maybe not the best thing to do. But even you know when you're just in this pattern and you're not really thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. You know, what are the things you can do? So we are constantly having these conversations because there's just so much on our plates. Mm.
0: Uh,
1: and it's sometimes just hearing what someone else does. You try it and you're like, oh, great, that works. And then you you find your path. Um, for the program, uh, when the companies are selected, they have two coaching calls a month. And we have two coaches. One is, uh, focused a little bit more on operational and strategic, uh, elements of your business. And the other one's focused a little bit more on emotional leadership. Mm -hmm. Um, we find often that uh, female entrepreneurs have been told for so long, like, I mean, if you're a visionary leader, you may have heard when you're a uh, a young woman, Oh, you're, uh, you're just too over imaginative. You have mm. too many ideas. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, like the crazy things we say to people, <laughs> you know, that's what you do. Yeah, Awesome. Right. Leverage that, surround yourself with people who can actualize them. So one of the things we do is just get you to understand this is your mastery. This is what you're incredible at. Mm. This is not a bad thing. Right. 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 This is a good thing. <laughs> that's why you're successful. Right. And now what you need to do is then surround yourself with others. And so, uh, it, it seems very simple, but you know, for me, entrepreneurship is just like the journey you're on to learn more about yourself yeah. and the impact you want to have in the what, world. What do you mean by emotional leadership? Well, so I, uh, you know, in general, you know, here hear, all these things like women need to be more confident. Women need to be bold or blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and I, you know, these things make me crazy. I think women are bold and confident and incredible in the right process. If you get up on stage as an entrepreneur to pitch your idea and you say, I'm going to disrupt the universe in this sector. I got it all covered as a woman. People say, who does she think she is? It's it's like what we're experiencing when a woman is seeking power. We're not comfortable with that. So you're it's talking more present- about
0: expressing your passion and feeling comfortable expressing your passion in the most whatever in the way
1: that works for, works you. for you. Right. The process that we're in as entrepreneurs when we go to get funding and when we're working uh, is not designed by us. Mm. And so there's a bias on the kind of leader you should be, the way you should sound, the right. way you should walk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's really biased towards dudes in hoodies, right? <laughs> it, it's super hard to do that as a woman yeah. uh, and step in and be accepted the same as yeah. another person. And so we deal a lot with the challenges you face there, right? right? Like there's something like, you should be saying something stronger. And then you say something stronger and you're like, who are you to say something stronger? <laughs> you know, yeah. There's a lot of extra stuff I think female entrepreneurs have to deal with than men do. And so we help you work through that. And most of the accelerators, uh, incubators, et cetera, programs we've seen Mm -hmm. are a certain mental model that don't work that well for women. women. So we have a very feminine uh, lens on making sure that you fly to the moon Mm
0: -hmm. uh,
1: on your own terms, not on somebody else's. So
0: talk a little bit about the types of entrepreneurs that you've got in the program right now.
1: Sure. So uh, the entrepreneurs from our first round uh, are all really uh, dealing with systems level challenges. Uh, in the marketplace. So um, one of them has a community supported fishery. So just like you have community supported agriculture, where you get those boxes delivered to your house of like fresh uh, food from farms locally, she does this with fish. So line caught fish and traditional methods, uh, really cool idea. And that's a new business model. She's created a, a new model that's starting to scale out. Another one has an app, that uh, helps people on the autism spectrum live more independently. Mm. And so her brother, when he was uh, young and you know he he had to be reminded how to brush his teeth and how to use the ATM and things like this. So they she drew all these like little pictures for him. Here's what you do. You pick up your toothbrush, you put some water on it, then you mm. put the toothpaste on. And she has now taken all these characters uh, and created these card sets for people to live more independently oh, wow. on an app. Yeah. And now companies are sponsoring those. Um, so crest, for example, you know, sponsoring yeah. the, how to brush your teeth thing. And it, now he's starting to be able to live more independently by mm. creating all this, this is on an app. It's amazing. Yeah. So those are a couple of examples of yeah. ventures. There's another one, uh, that's all about, um, building the empathy muscle that mm. we all need through gaming. So it's empathy toys. And she started out by doing this in schools and now it's, uh, companies are picking it up that uh, the companies are all selected by the women who contribute their capital. So a mm. thousand women contribute a thousand dollars. And then they pick the companies that they really care about, that they want to support, that they would be early customers yeah. for and refer uh, in their networks. So that's a really interesting place. Yeah. Like even if we just become their customers, they should double or triple their revenue in the first year without even the money that we're giving mm. them. Right. So that's the idea of leveraging. And, and you know, we there's the old boys network out there that gets things done and we need to create the new. You know, right. Radically generous women's network uh, to support each other because yeah. the networks are really how things get done right, and right. happen. And we have everything we need.
0: And are you seeing big shifts in the entrepreneurs that you've selected
1: in terms of their
0: confidence and their performance? Yeah, it's, comp- it's just, off just off the charts. With this yeah. kind of support that they're
1: getting with the coaching and the mentoring. And the first time you dream, uh, it's tiny. Right? You're like, wow, it'd be cool if I could do this. <laughs> you know, and then and then you reach it and you're like, whoa, I did that. Wow, yeah. what else could I do? Yeah. And then it's kind of this beautiful upward spiral of mm. getting bigger and bigger. Now my dreams are off the charts. When right. I was 20, they were not this big, <laughs> right? Because I yeah. I wouldn't think that was possible. Yeah. But that's the thing, it's just like start with something little and then when you reach it, go a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. And if you thought mm-hmm. you were surrounded by thousands of radically generous women, how would you act differently? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You would definitely act differently. And so we're at the beginning of building this muscle in all of us.
0: I think stretching that muscle for all of us can be groundbreaking. I, I love that. Um, what's next? What is next for all of this?
1: So we did our pilot in Canada. We're rolling out um, in three U.S. regions, so Colorado, San Francisco Bay Area, and L.A., And our goal, as I mentioned, is to get to a million women by 2020. So that's a thousand regions around the world. Uh, Anything's possible. Well, I love
0: the impact that you're having on individuals. And the story is so beautiful. And what you're, you know, just helping people to make decisions that aren't based on fear, stretching that dream muscle, helping people to perform so much more than they ever thought they could. Thank you. Yeah. 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 So if there's one thing that you could, you know, invite people who are listening to this to do, to make a change in their life, to be more radically generous? Is there one thing that you would offer? Yeah.
1: Well, I think the one thing I would ask you, uh, when you wake up this morning, yeah, wherever you are in the world, uh, how could you be more radically generous to yourself today? What would you do differently? Mm. And how could you be more radically generous to others? And then just at the end of the day, reflect on that with a bit of gratitude and notice how you acted differently. I love it. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me.
0: Yeah. Thanks so much to Vicki and thank you all for listening. We look forward to sharing more inspiring stories next week. For more on SheEO, check out sheeo.world or vickysaunders.com. Once again, if you have feedback or suggestions for guests, email me at patricia@meditationstudioapp.com, at And don't forget to check out Meditation Studio app in the App Store. See you next time.